You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. And it's best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Louise Schiavone. Gun violence at a synagogue near San Diego on the last night of one of the most revered Jewish holy seasons. A 60-year-old woman is dead and three others were wounded. We get more from Andrew Bowen of member station KPBS. Authorities have identified the suspect as John Ernest, a 19-year-old man from San Diego. He had no prior arrest records. They're also investigating online statements in which the suspect claimed responsibility for an arson attack at a mosque in a nearby town last month. The shooting took place as worshippers gathered for the final day of Passover. President Trump at the time on the road in Green Bay, Wisconsin, reached out to the synagogue and the Jewish community at large. America's heart is with the victims of the horrific synagogue shooting in Poway, California just happened. Our entire nation mourns the loss of life, prays for the wounded, and stands in solidarity with the Jewish community. We forcefully condemn the evil of anti-Semitism and hate, which must be defeated. The president praised law enforcement for its quick response. Today marks one week since suicide bombers killed more than 250 people at churches and hotels in Sri Lanka. Churches there are closed today amid ongoing threats 
NPR's Lauren Freyer has more. Sri Lanka's Catholics are celebrating Mass at home, broadcast on TV. The Archbishop of Colombo delivered a televised homily for clergy and politicians from a tiny chapel inside his home. In a rare show of unity, Sri Lanka's president, prime minister, and opposition leader all attended together. Their rivalry has been blamed for security lapses. Indian officials say they warned Sri Lanka many times of a plot to bomb churches, but Sri Lankan officials failed to act in time. Security forces are guarding churches and mosques amid fears of more attacks and possible retaliation against Sri Lanka's minority Muslims. ISIS claimed responsibility for last Sunday's bombing. Lauren Freyer, NPR News, Mumbai. Five people are known dead in the aftermath of Cyclone Kenneth, which tore through part of Mozambique. Floodwaters are high, hundreds of thousands are at risk. Gemma Connell is the head of the UN OCHA Regional Office for Southern and Eastern Africa. She has surveyed the affected region by air. We've just come back from an aerial assessment where we've seen some of the villages that were hardest hit by the eye of Cyclone Kenneth. These villages have been entirely wiped out. They look like they've been run over by a bulldozer. The people are asking first for shelter, then they need water and purification, and they need food. It's the second major blow six weeks after Cyclone Idai roared through central Mozambique, leaving a death toll of more than 600 people. This is NPR News in Washington. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Coming up next on the serious side. Former Vice President Joe Biden is now a 2020 presidential candidate. He released a three-minute campaign video this morning calling out the 2017 white nationalist rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, and President Trump's response that there were, quote, very fine people on both sides. And a senior campaign says that for Biden, what happened in... During the shooting, uh, four individuals were wounded and transported to Palomar Hospital. Sadly, one of the uh, individuals succumbed to their wounds. The other three are in stable condition at Palomar. You always hear about incidents like these happening around the world, and you never believe that they're actually true until it finally happens, like where you live. And it's really devastating to see that it would happen in the town that you've been raised in. It's crazy to see something like this would happen. After a week of anxiety and a wave of postal bombs, police have their suspect. And this was his van being looked at by FBI agents in Florida. It was then taken away for forensic examination. But before it was covered up, clearly visible were the multiple pro-Trump posters. I was talking about people that went because they felt very strongly about the monument to Robert E. Lee, a great general, whether you like it or not. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Wild Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Wild. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is uh, April 28th, 2019. You're in tune to the serious side of the Jay Wild Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network online radio. And it's best like the guy said, my name is Jimmy Ralph. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your Sunday with us. I have a big show for you, but as always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the best in the biz. First up, she always breathes with that southern twang. She's my big sis. Always trying to make sure she's involved in the show no matter where she is in the world. 
the international traveler herself, the one and only Miss Vanessa May Belly from Don McAnally. What's up, Vanessa? How you doing? Good morning. Oh, my God. What a wonderful introduction. Good morning, my brother, Jay. Thank you. How are you? I am doing outstanding. Glad to hear your voice as always on a beautiful Sunday morning. Hope everything is going well for you. It is. Thank you. All right. Thanks. All right. The man who used to be the, the resident texter of the show, he still is the official. He still holds that title. But I tell you what, he is blessing us with his vocal cords every Sunday morning and his knowledge. I call him the educator rapper, my little brother, one and only Mr. Johnny D. What's up, Johnny? How you doing, brother? Good morning, good morning, big brother, and you are far too kind with the words, but I, I am certain thank you be part of the broadcast, part of the show, we're coming to homes of the listeners, and again, I don't take that for granted, so I, I, I basically welcome each one of you all, and, and thank you all for that opportunity, so good morning. Good morning, Johnny. Tell you what, I'm waiting for this guy I'm waiting for him to say Roxanne, Roxanne, me personally, but that's okay. All right, the man runs the show, who's really in charge. Behind the scenes, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S gets the first and last word here on the serious side. My big brother, well, he's not even my big brother. He's, well, yeah, he is. He's an old fart. Mr. Elias in the house. Good morning, Mr. Elias. How are you doing? Welcome into the serious side, sir. Well, well good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Nessa. And good morning, John. How are you doing good morning, this morning, sir? Good morning, good morning. <laughs> this guy's a beautiful guy. All right, the number is 347 Prayers continues to go out to Kathleen Williams. Hopefully she'll be back in the saddle soon. And, of course, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio, the man who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis. Can't wait to get his information. I'll wait to get his insight to what's going on. But until then, we hold it down. 347-850-1272 was our call-in number, 347-850-1272. As we begin to talk about this week's show, let me break it down for you, give you the lineup. First up, it is official. Joe Biden is now in the fray. What happens next for the former VP? And will President Obama come out and endorse him before the end of the primary season? I think we know the answer to that question, but we'll talk about it. Coming up next, second set, a fan favorite, YTP. Your thoughts, please, as we try to tackle as many topics as we can within the 30-minute block. And, of course, the third set. Their final set this morning is the State of the Nation, another shooting in California, thoughts and prayers to the families who were affected by it. But can we blame this all on Trump? Is it Trump's rhetoric that's, that has the nation at a point or at a boiling point? So we'll have that deep, deep conversation, third set. Once again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. world-famous and brand-new chat room should be wide open. It's pretty cool, huh? You get a chance to see icons, and it's just, you know, they're trying to do something around here. We'll see how it all shakes out, but you can jump in there. Plus, we're always uh, monitoring our social media outlets. Uh, we have about 85% up. Can't find that 15%, man. Trying to find it, but if you can hear the sound of my voice, we appreciate you being a part. And here this morning, joining us for a ride that uh, we take every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best. One more thing before we get into it. This is August 
2009 is when this network launched. So this is our 10th, our 10th anniversary is coming up in August, and so we got to do something special for that. On the air for a decade. Mr. Elias, can you believe that before we get into this? No, I cannot, Jay. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, when you say it, it out loud, it, like it sounds like, whoa. It seems like yesterday. Yeah. Ten years. I guess I said when you do something that you enjoy, man, it, it doesn't take that, it, it doesn't seem that like work at all. Yeah. Absolutely. I guess that's I true. You what, we definitely enjoy bringing the knowledge to the people. So let's get into it. All right, Joe Biden's in. Joe Biden, the former vice president of the United States, announced and launched his campaign with a video that hit right at the heartstrings, baby. Talked about Charlottesville, and he talked about how when he saw what happened in Charlottesville, he had to step up to the plate, and he had to make himself known, and he had to jump into the fray. Mr. Elias, now that Joe Biden is in the fight, what does this do for the rest of the Democratic contenders for the 2020 nominee uh, for president of the United States? What does this do? Does this change anything? Well, actually, no. Because if you look at the, if you you know if you believe the polling, Joe Biden is number one. You know, so that's nothing for us. You know, he even though he wasn't in the race, he was he was number one. Bernie Sanders number two. You know, and and so on and so forth. You know, what I don't really truly understand is what took him so long. You know. Really, I mean, everybody knew he was running. He let the slip of the tongue go for forever and forever. So why why did it take him so long to get into it? You know, he couldn't have been doing a uh, a polling to say this is that you you know how favorable you were going to be. You know, and I think he came out right and he hit at the heartstrings, man. But I I still say if Democrats want to win, they better bring on the the, the talk of health care. That is the number one issue. I'm telling you, people are tired of paying all this money for health care and wasting money elsewhere to give it to millionaires and billionaires. People are tired of it. If you want to win, talk about health care. I promise you, you'll win. You know, Vanessa, um, people talk about change. We talk about the progressive left. And we went well, the extreme left, I shouldn't say the progressive left, the, the, the extreme left, uh, people talking about all the young and fiery young Democrats that are now in the party, but the two front runners for the Democratic nomination are two old white guys, one guy who's not even really a, a Democrat. So, I mean, we're talking about change, but is there really change when you look at the two front runners? You know, Jay. First, let me let me comment on Les. Les, you're absolutely right about health care. And I absolutely have a problem with those old men. I hate to say old white men, but that's who was in the picture. Sitting well, around talking are. about, well, you know, sitting around talking about, what's the name of that clinic, y'all, the birth control, the birth control clinic uh, that they picket and... I, the, the word, the name of that place doesn't come to mind. I can't think of it. But the abortion centers, they want to sit around the table oh, and talk okay. about the abortion centers and stuff. But guess what? It's not just an abortion center. It's where women go and get birth control and they get other things done right. female-wise. And, and they want to sit, pap smears and all of that, and they want to sit around the table and talk about 
old, talk about women and their health care, and you an old man sitting around the table, wasn't no women in the picture when they were showing it, sitting around the table talking about health care. Not a female. And I think that Les is absolutely correct that if they don't do something about health care for everybody without, listen to me carefully, without people losing their own doctors. Because if they come up there on that platform and they say, I want everybody to have health care and everybody should be equal, uh, I ain't voting for them. I'm not going to vote for them because I need my own doctors with all of my ailments and asthmas and allergies. I need to keep my own doctors. I don't need to be on a change over to a Medicaid doctor or whatever. So unless you're correct when you say they need to talk about health care, but they need to talk about health care and say, health care for everybody, and you can keep your yes. own doctor. Yes, health care, Medicare, Medicaid, all of my own insurance. Yeah, if I can afford to keep the company that my husband retired after 35 years, and he's on that insurance, if I choose to keep them, I should be able to keep them. But you really don't hear a lot of them, Jay, getting up on the platform talking about that. You don't. You hear them saying health care for all, health care for all. Jay, you don't hear them saying Oh, you military, you want to keep yours? Or, oh, you've been on your job 35 years, you want to keep yours. You don't hear them saying that, Jack. I think that's going to be a problem. They're going to have to clarify that in 2020. They really are, because other people are talking about that, too. Even when I go to bingo or other places or whatever, they're talking about the same thing. The people are saying, I don't want to change my doctors. Does that make sense, though, Jane? You know, it makes, I mean, yeah, I get where you're going with that. But, but, but let me ask you something, Johnny, because one of the things that we, I kind of talk about on the show, uh, especially here recently, how the media created Donald Trump, right? And that the media runs to the, you know, the shiniest object in the room. So, you know, everyone's talking about, talk about this Mayor Pete guy, but, you know, now that we're starting to dig into his record, you know, he fired a black police chief, African-Americans are not too thrilled about the guy. Uh, plus, he's, he, you know, he won an election by 8,500 votes. I mean, okay, whatever. Uh, but when we go back to uh, Biden, and, and when we go back to Biden and we go back to Bernie, uh, I mean, are we are the Democrats are, are we the media are they creating another situation where they have now we have a Donald Trump on the left and I'm not talking about as far as you know his um, you know the way he does business or the way he carries himself himself but the fact that now all of a sudden all the cameras are pointing towards him we're not hearing anything about Senator Harris we're not hearing anything about Cory Booker we're not hearing anything about Elizabeth Warren Elizabeth Warren as far as policy out of all the candidates Johnny D she has yeah. really she has laid out policies that are specific for people in this country but folks are not really paying attention to her so I mean are we in are, so the media as much as they talk about Donald Trump but it looks like they're doing the same thing on the left. Do you agree? What say you? Well, the media will certainly make and break you. The Democratic Party, as as I've said over and over again, has to come up with some policies and not let the theme be just to beat Donald Trump. I think that the detraction from Elizabeth Warren, from what I've heard uh, pundits say and what I've read about is the fact that they do consider her to be far left uh, uh, to the extreme. So mm-hmm. she may not help herself long term. Yes, she's laid out a policy, but most of the the policies that she has laid out is 
is considered way more liberal than, than even some of the most uh, mo- most of the candidates that's part of the Democratic Party. As far as the, the building of, of Joe Biden, Joe Biden been in politics for nearly 50 years, so he he's already a name brand. Uh, he knows how to get things done. Bernie Sanders is another guy that jumped out there in 2016. So these are some of the more notable individuals. I think America is always still looking for John F. Kennedy, and I, and that's probably the attraction to to any young white male with a bob haircut. Uh, you know, the cameras are going to certainly attract to them. But some of the more serious candidates uh, will probably not get as much accolades simply because these two individuals, meaning Sanders and uh, Joe Biden, will certainly run through the primaries. Uh, as, as some of the the individuals who will get most recognition simply because of, of, of their namesake, uh, you know, the policies is what really matters. I, I think health care matters. Uh, mental health is a big issue. You know, how do you put uh, individuals out of the penitentiaries and, and get them back into home care where you can deal with them from that standpoint? You look at gas price, you look at taxes, uh, middle America, are the ones who are basically taking the strain. So unless you come up with some policies that's going to be attractive to, you know, middle America, then I think that the Democratic Party uh, will, will certainly struggle. Uh, the only advantage is is that, that, that you run against Donald Trump. But as the, the primary start, as the political races start, I just hope that they don't beat one another up to the point where all of them become less attractive when when you finally come up with that last candidate. But it's, it's going to be interesting going down the line. There's a lot of candidates out there, and we'll just see how it plays out. The smartest man in the world has joined us, has joined us, I should say, uh, Mr. Jerome Esprit, who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis, is in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you? Hey, good, man. How are you? Good morning, Jerome. Good morning. This morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Elias. Hey, guys. Morning, Jerome. So, hey, yeah. good morning, Vanessa. Hi, good morning. <laughs> hey, hi. Hey, Johnny. What's up, man? All right, so... So here's my question. You know, everybody that's been snake. It seems like everyone who was who were front runners in the past, with the exception of 2016, were snake bitten, uh, Jerome. And you know, as a political strategist, I was just interested interested in getting curious to what you think about this. You know, is this an advantage for Joe Biden to now be the front runner? I mean, because we talked about this a long time ago. We thought that he was going to run in 2016, but he decided not to. And some of the behind the scenes. Uh, you know, what we're starting to hear is that actually President Obama asked him not to run. But, we, you know, I think Joe Biden even kind of addressed this in his book that eh, President Obama was lukewarm about him jumping in. But it says the character flaw of President Obama, doesn't it? So what now? I said it shows the, the character no, no, flaw of President say- Obama, right? Go ahead. I don't know. I mean, why would you say that? I don't know. I'm just curious behind that. Why do you say it's a character flaw? Because he bought into the hype that it's her turn, right? And so when and, uh-huh. and it could have been because okay. of it could have been because of his um, you know, his son passing. It could have been a lot of personal reasons why he said you shouldn't run. But right. to know that right. the Democratic Party was not better off because he didn't run is some hindsight is 2020 issue that those fools have over there on the Democratic side. 
Because what happens is that you need to have really good assessment, but when you're inside of any kind of political structure, you can't see the forest for the trees. You buy into the hype of everybody else. So what you do is you have to look outside of your own cheerleaders, and sometimes you don't do that, right? So when he ran against when Hillary was running, the Democratic Party did not support him. He beat her on the ground, and he couldn't see that he was an outsider to that to the um, the inside baseball that happens in, in politics. So he couldn't see that mm-hmm. inside baseball was playing a factor in Joe Biden running to say, hey, man, I know everybody's telling you not to run, but I'm saying your wife said do it, your kid said do it. Look, do what you feel, and I'll support you. He should have been supportive opposed to saying I'm going to be kingmaker because obviously the people who are, when you're in the midst of doing something, when you have a lot of cheerleaders around you, your judgment is cloudier than um, than not. So what happens is you okay. hire hire or get political strategists who are not partisan, so that they can give you a good assessment of where you are. You don't use people who are close to you. Oh. It, it really isn't good. Oh. And one of the things that just to talk about Biden anyway is one of the things that disturbs me about Democrats anyway. Is everybody jumping on him? Now, I'm not – I believe Biden should win. I did before. I think he can win. Uh, I think he will win. But I don't like all of who Biden is either. But I'm not going to go through negative because we have a tendency of saying I like him, but I'm not going to even go through that. I'm sure we'll have plenty of shows to talk about this, um, the details of that. But the issue is, is that the Democrats cannot understand that – the rural white women, white females who flopped, it wasn't rural people generally or rural white males. All of that polling was exactly the same. Hillary won by three million more votes nationally. So the Democrats don't have, a part, don't have an issue of getting rural white folks to vote for Democrats because they got a lot of votes for them. It is the white women in the center that flipped on Hillary, right? 55% said they were going to vote for her, but 53 voted for Trump. We keep changing the subject, and it's like, let's go for Obama Republicans or Obama Trump supporters. There's no such thing. There are people who stayed out of that race because they did not like Hillary. There was a low voter turnout in um, Milwaukee, in the Detroit Flint area. It's why he took Michigan. It is why he took Pennsylvania, because they had low voter turnout in Democratic areas. Their assessment is bad, and... Again, I know I'm not getting paid for this on this show, and I shouldn't be doing that, but the trick is is to actually understand why it happened and stop buying into media perspective about what we should be talking about. Because anytime we're talking about stuff, we let media dictate what the topic is and why something happened. But most of the time, you get people like me or somebody who's done this stuff and say, where is a real assessment of what's happening and how should you run a race? The Democrats are going to kill themselves over Biden because they hate the fact that there is any kind of front runner. But I tell you this, black people like Biden. And, and the, the thing about him, even though he's had all these character flaws and these things going on um, in the past, we do kind of have a record of him in his relationship with Obama. So what happened as a community, we don't trust uh, – I know Vanessa's going to jump on me on this one, 
But we don't trust white folks as a whole, which we shouldn't, because their culture sucks for us. And what happens is that we go with the less of two evils a lot of times. And Biden, who already proved that he has a relationship and a little bit of balance with black people, will do well and do better than people like Judge, who we know has issues with black folks. Bernie Sanders can't can't really talk to black folks. You know, he got booed and jeered a little bit at that black woman <laughs> yeah. event. We know that oh, oh, um, Beto, even though he speaks a common language, he's a centrist in a Democratic Party where he does not have good relationships with black folks. Now, they may be able to work on that, but, but, but heck, how long does it take to do that? We know that Biden at least has a relationship with a black family. <laughs> like, we know that. You know, so so <laughs> when you start to put all of those things in there, you'll start to say, wait a minute, why is the older black folks supporting um, um, Biden? It ain't because we like conservative blue dog Democrat folks. It is because we know stability when we, when we see it. And the trick is, is that the women who flipped on Hillary Clinton will be coming back to the Democratic Party. And if you can get black people out to vote... Because Biden is a really good speaker on the stump. That's always worries me about the Democrats. They put people out there, and they're like, we don't have people to rally. Biden's a good speaker. So you're going to find out that his crowds right. are going to be a little bit different because he can do that. So anyway, the assessment on Biden is yeah. the Democrats are going to fall over themselves and say, we need somebody younger. And when you get... Who you, you want get, to see him run with? Huh? Jerome. Who yes, would you ma'am? like to see Biden pair up with? Because I... Because Beto is not it for me anymore. So no. who would you like to see Biden pair up with? And I, I don't know everything this is, you said. This is really tough, but I can tell you he's he's going to have to go with, I, I would like to see. A young female. Yeah, I was going to say yes. Amazing. And I hate to put it in such a stereotype because the, the electric white females are not going to vote for a female like that. So you were talking about how they flip-flop. So it's going to be somebody who is pretty neutral, and it might be it might be Kamala Harris, but it's going to have to be somebody neutral. Most people would prefer Stacey Abrams, and Stacey Abrams is neutral. You have to remember, Stacey right. is uh, Stacey is the prototype of what the Democrats should be looking at. She didn't go after Democrats. I mean, she didn't go after Republicans. She didn't say we need to go after the rural white vote. She didn't do that in Georgia. And at the same time, that woman got. Um, more white people to vote for Democrats in a generation in Georgia, in a statewide race. Stacey Abrams got more white people to vote for than other other white candidates that ran statewide in Georgia in the last um, generation. Right. And that's that's an amazing right. number. She did not pacify rural white folks, racist people. She didn't yeah. go at yeah. Right. All right, let me jump in here real quick. Let's get a phone call in before we have to get out of here and get to the second set. Uh, Mr. Elias, who do we have on the line? We got uh, we got Covina man on the line with us. Oh, man, bring Covina in. Good morning, Covina. Welcome into the serious side, Mr. Bike Rider. What, what's on your mind this morning, sir? <laughs> yeah, good morning, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I just want you to say, uh, uh, yeah, I got. I'm, I'm supporting Biden. I, I prefer Cory Booker, but. If, if I got polled today, I'd say Biden because I, I think it's important to stop Bernie. I think Bernie has been a menace. He kind of ruined the Democratic Party and, and you know, made it it's trying to be a socialist party. Now everybody's trying to, you know, top each other with who's going to, 
you know, uh, give everything away for free. And I think that's the, the millennials right now. That's almost playing into uh, the, the the negativity of, of what's going on with millennial people. Because if you look at the the polls, are saying, you know, young people supporting Bernie and the older people supporting Biden. You know, among others, but I, I think that the whole uh, Bernie message is just you know you're gonna t- tax the millionaires and billionaires and the evil corporations and give everybody stuff for free, and that's perfect I- ideology for young millennials who don't believe in doing nothing at all. It'd be like they just want to text, you know, selfies and 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 smoke marijuana all day. That, that, that's the people I know, but and, and so Bernie comes along and says. And says, "Hey, I can give you everything. You want a car? Free. The game? Oh, you want a you want a uh, uh, universal income? We can get that for free. You want Elizabeth Warren? Or you want you want college? You want health? I mean, you want a uh, child care? Hey, free. And that, 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 now it's like a, a time. who can give everything away for free? So somebody got to come along and slap them in their face and say, look, nothing's free. You know." I had to work for, for what I did. I had to pay my own student loans. I had to go out and work. I had to, I had, I had to, I had to get my own house. I had to go out and, and work and buy it. It's nothing's for free. We need to return to the work ethic mindset, not the free mindset. Can we get some people out here that want to work instead of getting want, to, want everything for free? That you know that that's what I'm that's what I'm, that's what I'm supporting anybody but Bernie because I think that's a that that's a he, he just destroyed people's mindset. But the idea of, of just free everything. Wow. Look at you coming out strong with an endorsement from the former VP. Appreciate it. All right, let's bring in here real quick before we get out of here. Uh, let's bring in, uh, looks like, uh, well, she usually joins us after the, at the beginning of the third set, but uh, she wants to have something to say about uh, Biden. Let's bring in the director of uh, our director of social of our social media outreach program, Jackie Sinal. Good morning, Jackie. Earlier than usual, but uh, sounds like something's on your mind. Your tongue is itching to say something. What's on your mind? Hi, how's everybody doing? Good, good, good. Yeah, um, all I got to say about that is, will the real candidate rise up? Because now I I don't see a real candidate that's going to go up against Trump. Because Biden, I just just feel, no, no, no. I just feel, I, I, I don't like none of them now. And I I, I kind of had my mind set on Biden. I kind of had my mind set on Biden, but I just feel like he plays games. So I'm where the real candidate rise up, or Trump is going to be back in the. I just want to ask. He said, wow, wow, that's, uh, well, Jackie, uh, thank you for coming in right at the end to throw that explosive bomb out. That's what we're going to do. We're going to step out right now, and we'll have a little bit more of this conversation on this. As a matter of fact, we're going to steal a little bit from YTP, because I'm pretty sure everybody has something to say about what she just said. Wow, interesting. All right, we're talking about Joe Biden, and in this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. You know, people are talking about Biden. Jackie just came in and says, wow, threw a bomb in the middle of the room saying she don't like no dang on body on the Democratic side. But Biden has some ghosts that he has to deal with. And so what will happen to him as Elizabeth Warren is starting to throw some things at him? And you know Trump can't wait. It's time for this week's edition of the Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know right here on the TGRS Radio Network. 
online radio. The last. I'll be right back after this. Those recent complaints about Joe Biden's unwanted hugs and touching are bound to be scrutinized now that he's officially running for president. And there are many more topics from his past likely to get the same treatment. NPR's Don Gagne looks at two certain to be on that list. Let's start in 1991. Clarence Thomas is a Supreme Court nominee facing accusations of sexual harassment. Senator Joe Biden chairs the confirmation hearings. He questions Thomas's accuser, law professor Anita Hill. You have described the essence of the conversation. In order for us to determine, well, can you tell us in his words what he said? He presses her for details. I can remember something like, you really ought to see these films that, that I've seen or this material that I've seen. This woman has this kind of breast and or that You can hear her discomfort. Biden and the all-male, all-white Senate committee face strong criticism for lacking sensitivity and fairness. In late 2017, Biden participated in an event with Glamour magazine. He was asked about Hill. The audio is from Glamour TV. I'm wondering if there is anything that you would do differently with regards to Anita Hill if given the opportunity. Uh, no, let, let, let's get something straight here. I believe in Anita Hill. I voted against Clarence Thomas. Then this response to a question about Anita Hill still feeling she was treated unfairly. My message, which I've delivered before, is I am so sorry if she believed that. I am so sorry that she had to go through what she went through. Think of the courage it took for her to come forward. More recently, Biden has expressed further regret. Patty Solis Doyle worked for him in 08 when he was Barack Obama's running mate. She is not affiliated with any 2020 candidate. She says Biden needs to address that issue full on, adding that those recent complaints about too close contact could have been a cue to do so. I thought it was an opportunity for... Joe Biden to have a bigger conversation, a more thoughtful, considered conversation about the Me Too movement. So East Doyle says Biden must publicly satisfy concerns about his treatment of Anita Hill. If not, he won't be able to move on and it will dog him on the campaign trail. Today, the campaign confirmed that Biden has spoken privately with Anita Hill. In a statement, they said, quote, he shared with her directly his regret for what she endured and his admiration for everything she has done to change the culture around sexual harassment. Biden will also need to address this issue. Well, the telephones in the state of Delaware are ringing off the hook. This is floor debate on the 1994 crime bill. That's Senator Biden of Delaware. They're saying, pass the crime bill, give me 100,000 cops, build more prisons and get on with it. The bill was a response to violent crime in U.S. cities, but its mandatory sentences and stiff penalties would lead to increased incarceration. Jamal Simmons is a Democratic strategist. These policies really had a negative impact on communities of color because of the number of people who were sent to jail and stayed away for so long. Over the years, the belief that the law unfairly affects African Americans has grown, the Black Lives Matter movement giving it new resonance. This year, on the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday, Joe Biden offered a mea culpa of sorts for pushing that legislation. I haven't always been right. I know we haven't always gotten things right. 
but I've always tried. Polls show Biden popular with African-Americans. The potential problem is with younger black voters who are most likely to be appalled by the 1994 crime bill. Jamal Simmons. There are going to be people who are skeptical of Joe Biden's apology and the timing, but we'll see whether or not they accept him in the end. He says the other side of this is all the goodwill Biden has earned for being such a loyal part of President Obama's team. That's real, too. He rode with him all the way through tough times, thick and thin. And I think people give Joe Biden a lot of credit for that. It's what happens when your time in public office has lasted roughly a half century. And with thousands of votes cast in the U.S. Senate and so many speeches delivered, other moments from Biden's past will no doubt get another close look as well. Don Gagne, NPR News, Washington. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Welcome back here, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's uh, twenty to the top of the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show. It's time for another edition of, which is becoming a, a crowd favorite, actually. Uh, YTP, your thoughts, please. But. Before the break, Jackie came in and threw a bomb in the middle of the room. And, Mr. Elias, I'm going to follow your lead. How much time you want to spend on this one, brother? Do we need to give everybody an opportunity to respond to what Jackie said? Because if so, that's going to probably lead to the end of the segment. You tell me, brother. What should we do, Mr. Elias? What a big bomb she threw out here. <laughs> yeah, she threw a big bomb out there, big man. Bomb. Those that want to respond should be able to respond. Those who don't. Who wants to respond to what Jackie said real quick? Well, I, if you want to respond to this, go ahead real quick. Let, let Jerome, I, I, I defer my time to Jerome, man, on this one. All right, Jerome, yeah. listen, man, can you give it to me in 60 seconds, brother? Yeah, okay, really quickly. You know, I, I just wanted to ask her what part of her statement was, like, what was it based in, right? Because... When she, she, she throws Bob out like she's not supporting it because he jumped in. I was supporting him, but now I'm not. Like, what part of that seems shaky? Because my problem is, is that when you get out and run, you're going to get scrutinized like crazy. And that's fair that people get scrutinized. But at the same time, we need to be careful about why we like and dis- dislike somebody. So to say I don't like none of the Democrats says that you like Trump. Like, who wants to see that fool in there? I don't give a rat. Who on the Democratic Party comes out of this piece? That dude is breaking laws, filling up women, giving you the finger, helping white supremacists, and we are sitting there critiquing Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. We need to set our priorities straight and stay focused. Stay focused. Know who Ooh, you're trying to be. All right, look at him. All right, look at that. Got it in under 60 seconds. Anybody else, real quick, want to respond? 60 seconds. I can give you 60 seconds. Who wants it next? You want it, Vanessa? You want to respond to what Jackie said? Hawk, you want it. it? Who wants it? All right, you I take want it. it. Hold you, on. Got, you got 60 seconds, you know, girl. Go for this show. Let's take it. Okay, 60 seconds, 60 seconds. Okay, I like Biden. I think Biden is a good shoe-in, but I think Biden needs to put it with a woman. I don't know if it's Kamala or that other lady, and I can't think of her name, but it's not the Thank one you. who lied about being an Indian. It's not her. <laughs> her. Uh, oh, I know you're so talking about I, but, I can't think of her name, and she talks like she I has like really good sense. I like her policies. I do. 
I got to jump in, man, because you just threw another you just you just threw another bombshell in here. Well, I, I just can't. Who bombshells have been? Maybe we should rename the segment, Mister Elias, bombshell throwers, because they they are just throwing bombs in here, and that's something that we can have a whole. Matter of fact, we'll talk about that next week, Jackie. I'm gonna have to put you on hold for a second. When you come back in to do your spill, I'm gonna let you respond to what your colleagues have just said about your responses. But I have to keep the show in pace, and we only have 15 minutes, so let's try to get as many as we can. Welcome back, folks. It is time for YTP, and uh, let's see, can we get the first one off? Here's the first topic that we're going to talk about. Mission investigators right now aren't releasing any other criminal background information on 69-year-old Larry Mitchell Hopkins, but we do know he's a member of the so-called Border Militia Group, United Constitutional Patriots. The FBI, along with local police in New Mexico, arrested the suspect on charges of being a felon in possession of firearms and ammunition. Investigators right now aren't releasing any other criminal background information on 69-year-old Larry Mitchell Hopkins, but we do know he's a member of the so-called Border Militia Group, United Constitutional Patriots. We just started the day. We were sitting outside, and, uh, and he didn't get arrested at camp. He just, a friend of ours from the police department came up and just said, hey, can you come talk to us for a little bit? And that was that. And then we had heard he was arrested. We didn't know what for. We didn't know what about. Videos posted earlier in the week show members of the group ordering migrant families to sit on the ground and wait until Border Patrol agents arrived. On Friday, federal authorities warned private groups like this to stop policing the border, but the groups insist they're doing their part to help a, quote, stressed and overstrained Border Patrol. Hopkins is scheduled to make his initial appearance in federal court on Monday. A spokesperson for that militia group says he's confident Hopkins will get through this. Arthel? Jeff, meanwhile, how is law enforcement responding to this? Yeah, a day before this arrest, authorities told groups like this to stand down and allow trained and certified law enforcement to do their jobs. New Mexico Attorney General Hector Balderas also released a statement regarding the arrest on Saturday, saying, quote, this is a dangerous felon who should not have weapons around children and families. Today's arrest by the FBI indicates clearly that the rule of law should be in the hands of trained law enforcement officials and not armed vigilantes. CBP has previously stated it does not endorse private groups or organizations taking law enforcement matters into their own hands. It also says interference by civilians in law enforcement matters could have public safety and legal consequences for all involved. Well, white male privilege can get you out on misdemeanor charges. Mr. Elias, here we go once again. We have white folks who think they have the ability now to sit around here and just create militias, even though I, this is under the Constitution. Uh, man, where are we, man? I mean, where are we in society when you have people who feel that run around wearing Make America Great hats? This guy in the interview, you know, I saw the video. The guy actually had on a Trump hat. You know, once again, Trump is feeding this fuel, man. What say you? Your thoughts, please, on this, Mr. Elias. My thoughts are just this, man. They, these people think that they are above the law, man, because Trump is giving them that incentive to think that they're above the law. I like when, they, when the guy punched the black guy at a Trump rally, you know, and, and, and Trump said he'd pay all that legal fees. Why? Because Trump is giving them that incentive. That's just it. And, and you know, for, for, for all those people who say that, 
you know, when I say that if you're still a Trump supporter, you're not racist, something's wrong with you. I believe it. If you're a Trump supporter after all this crap that he's put out there, you're racist. And I'm going to stick by that by, by, by till the end of time. I'm, yeah, that's just my opinion. You know, Jerome, but, but Jerome, aren't they protected? Are militias protected under the Constitution? Why, why haven't there been an amendment to, to that? I mean, my God, I mean, it's like militias. These people think it's, we're part of the Constitution. We, we're protecting the border. These people are apprehending people uh, coming across the border to try to help. Want to be law enforcement guys, guys who are retired law enforcement people. I mean, what the heck's going on, man? Your thoughts, please. Did we lose Jerome? Who was that for? Uh, it was for Jerome's me. Here. Yeah, yeah, it was for you, Jerome. Jerome. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was for me. Jerome. Okay, so the even watching, I'll be really sure on this, but just watching this, it just goes back to their, their privilege, right? So if black folks, you know, it's, it's in a comparison, it's always like, you know, black people can't say two words without getting shot because they feel that they're scared. And then at the same time, they'll take guns out to people who don't have no weapons and then harass them and say, we're doing the job because we felt like we was patriots. But if a black person had a, a gun on anybody, they wouldn't just be able to turn themselves in. They would have came in there blasting them, trying to get them to subdue two police officers. Mm-hmm. There's so many double, triple standards in this, it ain't even funny. So I'm not really interested in the story per se, but they... They know they have a problem with white supremacists and neo-Nazi and um, all of that stuff in this country. And everybody acts like we need to be fair and not judge everybody the same way. They need to deal with this. I mean, it's not yeah, our issue. Absolutely. It really is theirs. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, you know, Trump was in front of the NRA this past week, you know, about that same old nonsense. They're trying to take your guns. Hey, so when people want to wake up and realize that that's a lie? It's a freaking lie. They've been saying that since 2008. Yet still, you bastards still have your guns. If you really want to, <laughs> if you really want to be technical about it, Donald Trump took away your bump stocks. Get out of here with this nonsense. All right, next story. I was talking about people that went because they felt very strongly about the monument to Robert E. Lee, a great general, whether you like it or not. He was one of the great generals. I've spoken to many generals here, right at the White House, and many people thought of the generals. They think that he was maybe... <laughs> Thank God that got cut off. All right, Johnny, I'm going to start with you on that one. Okay, this guy says Robert E. Lee was one of the great generals uh, in American history. Now think about what Robert E. Lee did. Robert E. Lee led a resistance against the United States of America led them to the bloodiest battle on U.S. soil because white people wanted to keep black slaves. But Robert E. Lee was the greatest American, greatest uh, general and one of the greatest generals in American history. Then he said he walked around the White House, which he's probably lying, saying that he talked to other generals, and they said, hey, you know, Robert E. Lee is our favorite general. Man, yourself, please. Jay, first, I'm, I'm going to go back to the previous question, if, if, if allowed to do so. Um, the, the militias Absolutely. and the the indication in, in the Constitution, I think we got to look back to when it was written. Uh, also, part of the militias indicate that you have to house militias as part of the Constitution. So 
certainly you can see how dated that is. But malicious, posse comitatus, all of these groups have, have generally been anti, anti-government for long periods of time. So the, the, the downside to when you allow these individuals on the border to, to um, suppress and, and, you know, basically uh, hold in captivity, you know, Hispanics coming across the border, and it is illegal. And it should be punishable by uh, criminal charges. Now, in regards to uh, Robert E. Lee, Robert E. Lee was a criminal. Um, whenever you fight against the union and you fight against the the, the president and, and his his will, and of course at that time he was in direct opposition from the commander in chief, then he he was a criminal. So Donald Trump, I'm sure, has, has embellished. Even the commentaries of the generals, um, this guy lost probably as many troops uh, than any general in, in a single day and throughout his reign. So he can't be great. You remember Donald Trump said that he doesn't like uh, losers when he talked about John McCain getting uh, captured. So, you know, you throw Robert E. Lee in, in the same sense. And as far as him uh, talking about the other generals that he's talked to, we all know that he's a liar. So, therefore, I give that no relevance, and I won't condemn uh, nor put that onus on the uh, on the generals that unfortunately have to work for uh, such a uh, person with the lack of integrity that Donald Trump has. Absolutely, that guy has no integrity at all. Uh, uh, Vanessa, uh, your thoughts, please. You know, they said it all for me, Jay, especially when they said that he has no integrity. Um, and he's lying, walking around, oh. talking about uh, Robert E. Lee. And um, We lost Vanessa. Did we lose uh, Yeah, I mean, that guy is a, Yeah, we lost it. That, that guy is a freaking trick. All right, listen, before we get out of here, we had some more, but this is one I definitely want to cover uh, on this show. Uh, last story for the morning. A New Jersey high school is mourning the loss of its principal, who died trying to save the life of a complete stranger. Dr. Derek Nelson was a gift to Westfield High School, to the Westfield Public Schools, and to our entire community. He had a strong moral compass, perhaps the strongest moral compass I have ever experienced. Dr. Nelson donated his bone marrow to help a 14-year-old boy in France, but he suffered complications from the procedure and had been in a coma for the past month. The town's mayor says Nelson was a role model for heroism, having served in the Army Reserve for 20 years. He lived his life with daily acts of selflessness and kindness. Dr. Nelson's students were devastated by the loss of a leader who they say was actively involved in their education and their daily lives. Always came to all the sporting events and any other event, the plays, uh, concerts and things like that. So he was always there, like, supporting everybody. He's very, like, easy to talk to and just, like, now that he's gone, it just, like, feels like part of the community is gone. The school's flag is being flown at half-staff, and the next edition of its newspaper will be completely dedicated to Dr. Nelson. I don't think that we can fully embody his impact on this world in one four-page edition of our paper. Even if you never even spoke a word with him, his impact was felt the moment you walked in as a freshman or the moment you left as a senior. Reports say the teenager will still receive his bone marrow donations, which will hopefully save his life. 
Derek Nelson is survived by his parents, his fiance, and his daughter. He was 44 years old. For InsideEdition.com, I'm Mara Matulbano. So, an African-American uh, principal, Derek Nelson, um, what a story. I wanted to make sure we covered this because these are the types of things, Vanessa, that they don't talk about. We don't hear about this type of stuff. You know, here's a man who, who uh, you know, once again, trying to save another, uh, ended up losing his life. Uh, your thoughts, please. Can y'all hear me? Yes. Hello? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay. Yes, go ahead, Vanessa. I'm not really familiar with it. Jay, for me to be able to comment, if I say something wrong, then the viewer's going to be calling you, texting you about it. I'm not familiar with this. That's going on with this. Somebody was getting, I mean, right, well, me to somebody was getting up. Well, let's, well, I guess, you know, it's not really being familiar with the story. I mean, there is a story in a nutshell. I guess for me is, is that, you know, longing are the days, Mr. Elias, where, when you had great Americans like this, you know, President Obama used to always go out of his way to acknowledge folks like this. You're not going to hear anything from this president about Americans who do Period. things like this, especially an African-American guy who, uh, you know, did this. You know, nothing from this guy. I mean, th- this guy is a joke. And the bottom line is I want to take a few minutes to acknowledge a man who, you know, once again, because of his kindness, lost his life, and he's not being recognized. So this is just an opportunity to recognize uh, what a great individual apparently he was in his community. He was uh, in, the, in the military for 20 years, uh, in the reserves, uh, principal at a high school, like it was predominantly white high school, and people were in tears and devastated over this man's leadership, his ability to lead folks, and his ability to, uh, to be just a, just a great, great individual, Ms. Elias. Your thoughts, please. Okay. Oh, lost him. All right, uh, uh, Jerome, would you like to say anything? Well, what's going well, on? Well, you know, I was going to defer, but, you know, on, on, to your point, you know, much respect to him and his family. There are um, people who do have great sacrifices in this country, and we do not highlight them enough, right? We'd rather talk about the sensational stuff in the news, but... There are people who this 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 country does have great people in it, and I would say that you know although I've, I'm familiar with the story, that I wanted to say that we have to get people to understand that just because a small percentage of people are doing really bad things and they get 90% of the coverage, we kind of need to flip that. Mm, now I don't like the story because you're trying to make yes. me sad on a Sunday morning. So I don't really respect yeah. you, but at the same time, I understand. I was going to defer because of that, yeah, but I, I understand it. why you did it. So, no, and I appreciate you. You said it. I mean, what a what a perfect statement, Johnny D. You know, because a small percentage of people do bad things in this country, they get ninety percent of the press coverage. Just wanted to cut out a sliver for this outstanding American. Your thoughts, please. Jay, that's that's indicative of of most Americans, you know. But as you, as you indicated, these are the stories that that generally you don't hear. But it's it's people uh, of, of all nationality, all races, uh, all genders who do great things to help others. 
within their community on a day-to-day basis. Now, that's, that's, that exhibits the true American spirit, um, not what's being promoted um, and sensationalized every day on your television. So, you know, again, a, a loss of life, but to be able to save a life, um, it, it, it's just an honorable thing to do. And even though I didn't know this gentleman here, uh, my prayers go out to him. My prayers go out to his family. My prayers goes out to the 14-year-old who now has to live with the fact that, uh, you know, th- this young man gave his life uh, to save a life, you know, and hopefully that person does not have any lingering effects of, of guilt. Uh, know that God's will is God's will. Purpose was for you to have uh, that 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 transplant. So, uh, again, you know, again, uh, that that's the American spirit right there. Absolutely. You know what? I think you guys have given us an idea because Jerome hit it, man. I mean, it just, you just knocked it out the park with your comment. And I just think maybe maybe we should have another segment. Maybe we should do a segment every week. Just you know, you know, Tom Joyner does something called a little known Black History Month. I will come up with something, but I think each week one of us should be able to come up with somebody that uh, that's flying under the radar that we need to acknowledge. And this thing that even though we have a very small piece of the pie. Uh, we do have a lot of listeners, and you know we're not nowhere at the national level. But my goodness, I think folks like this—they need to be heard. Folks need to hear their story. I think it's important uh, for us to outline those. So uh, anyway, more stories, but unfortunately we just run out of time. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to take a break. Jackie's going to respond to her colleagues in a response to her Bob, plus give us some updates on how to connect with the show. All that's coming next. Hey, what, folks? It's been a great Sunday morning so far. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the state of this nation. Where are we going right now? We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The serious side continues after a short break. It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
four individuals were wounded and transported to Palomar Hospital. Sadly, one of the uh, individuals succumbed to their wounds. The other three are in stable condition at Palomar. You always hear about incidents like these happening around the world, and you never believe that they're actually true until it finally happens, like where you live. And it's really devastating to see that it would happen in the town that you've been raised in. It's crazy to see something like this would happen. After a week of anxiety and a wave of postal bombs, police have their suspect. And this was his van being looked at by FBI agents in Florida. It was then taken away for forensic examination. But before it was covered up, clearly visible were the multiple pro-Trump posters. I was talking about people that went because they felt very strongly about the monument to Robert E. Lee, a great general, whether you like it or not. Welcome back here, 347-850-1272, just a smidgen of some of the nonsense that's been going on during the Trump presidency. But it's time to say good morning to the cast and crew right here on the serious side. Let's say good morning to my big sis, Vanessa Mae Bell. Hello, Vanessa. Good morning. Hey, guys. Interesting topic this morning. Um, glad to be here, and good morning to you guys. All right. The man, I call him the educated rapper, the one and only Mr. Johnny D. What's going on, John? How you doing, brother? I'm doing wonderful, definitely. Again, just just feeling the love, Jay, feeling the love. So I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'll open your arms and receive it. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome, is in the house. What's going on, Mr. Jerome? Nothing much, bro. Everything's cooling. Look at this, brother. Oh, that sounds like Romy Rome from the J. Ryle days. All right. <laughs> and the one who runs everything around. <laughs> Mr. L to the E to the S. What's going on, Mr. Elias? How are you, sir? Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Mr. Elias, man, can we say hello to some folks in the chat? Of, of course. We got, uh, we had Corvina in there, of course, you know. He went for a bike ride. We had uh, a very young Rick we, we, need to, we need to be dedicated like that brother there, man. I mean, every yeah. Sunday he's out doing that. Here we are sitting on the... Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, uh, no, we don't. Yeah. No, we don't. <laughs> well, okay. Me. Okay, fine, Jerome. Okay, Mr. Exercise. Do your thing. Okay, fine. Miss Miss Elliott, the cow's potatoes. You have to rub it in. I mean, good gracious. The show, the show is important. We need to sit down, do it this time, and have this conversation. Nice to be with you your bike riding. <laughs> okay, you're you're right. All right, let's tell this. Who else do we have, sir? And Bubble Bryce in that thing. <laughs> oh, okay, you didn't want to say that. Some okay, all right. <laughs> Some ridiculous <laughs> ass comments once again. Health care is a privilege and. What an idiot, man. This, this guy's a complete idiot. Oh, this hell is. Idiot. And the battle continues. All right, let me say hello to some folks out there. The pastor's in the house. What's going on, Pastor? Mariana Music's in the house. What's up, cutie? Pamela's in the house. Uh, I can't pronounce. Is it Shemetrius? I don't know if I said that right. Houston, Texas in the house. I'm busy in the easy. Got some comments from her, from her coming up uh, during Chatterbox. And man, just so many people. Rebecca, Stacy, uh, Fornia, 
I can't pronounce that. Farinia? Oh, whatever. All right. Well, anyway, thank you so much for being here. A lot of folks, but it's time because we're running short on time. I got to get to the director of social media, our social media outreach program, Jackie. You heard from her earlier in the show, but she's here doing her normal spot. Jackie, good morning. Tell people how they can stay in contact with the show when the show is not live. Well, if you want more information about the TJRS Radio Network, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and all three pages have the same ending handle, facebook.com slash groups, twitter.com, instagram.com slash TJRS Radio, as Jay mentioned we are about to embark on the 10th anniversary of the network. Excited about that. Definitely, definitely um, shout out to uh, TJRS Radio Network. Just just an awesome thing being a part. I've, I've been a part for seven years now, and it's been awesome. So I welcome you all. Uh, if you have any ideas of what you would like to see as a part of the 10th anniversary celebration, I welcome you to send an email, seriousside at outlook.com. Once again, seriousside at outlook.com. And I say to J. Ryle, to Mr. Elias, and everybody else that is connected with this network, congrats on 10 years. Wow. Well, thank you very much. Oh, up in this piece. Everybody sit here. That's yeah. part of Thank you. Well, well, it's uh, it's outstanding. I can't go All right, we we have time. It's April. We have time. It's in August. We have time for that. Woo! All right. So uh, appreciate everybody uh, being in the house. All right. Third and final set. Um, we're talking about the state of the nation. Now I know we have a state of the union address. The president gives that, but it's time for us to give our state of the nation. And, you know, and what I'm interested in, to be perfectly honest with you is if you heard some of the clips right before the opening, uh, we call it the opening on the post, uh, you heard different stories that happened throughout the Trump presidency. And so, you know, I guess the million-dollar question, and I'll start with you on this one, Vanessa, um, everything that's going on, you know, we just had a shooting this past week. You had some synagogue shootings going on. You have worldwide shootings, things happening in New Zealand, and, and, you know, you had the Vegas shooting some years back, a couple of years back. What we're seeing right now, is this because Donald Trump is the president of the United States? Can he be blamed for putting this nonsense out there that people are taking heed to and going out and executing? They almost laughing. I, I, I literally almost bust out laughing when he asked, was Trump the cause of this? I mean... Trump got on TV when this girl got mowed down in a car in Charlottesville and said that it was good people on this side and good people on that side. So I didn't know that good people uh, helped to mow people down in a car. I didn't know that good people walk around with neo-Nazi signs saying that the Jews are not going to be, you know, it's not going to take over. I didn't didn't know that good, you know what, Trey? I'm 57 years old I've never seen it this bad before I have been here doing racism With the Ku Klux Klan and all of that But I've never seen it this bad I've never seen anybody in the White House 
pick out one black person that's in the audience and say, see, there's my black friend over there. I mean, this is the craziest stuff I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes, Donald Trump is the fault for this. Yes, he is. And he is the fault for bringing out the racism. Now people, you really see it. You sit in the grocery stores. You see it when you're standing out somewhere. People get up and move. I mean, it is awful. They feel like they legally can do all of this stuff and not have any repercussions of it. They feel like they can say stuff to you and not get cussed out. But it don't happen with me because I act like I'm Jerome and I just cuss them all out. So I'm just saying. <laughs> or, you, or you can call Jerome. <laughs> Either one, I cut them up for you. It's like, uh, hold on, no, I, I got to put my nose three way. At first I was ignoring it, but now it's very, very obvious, <sighs> Jay, that they feel like they can get away with this. They feel like they can say stuff. They feel like they can do stuff to you because they're white and you're black. But I no longer tolerate it, and I just tell them, you're not standing in Trump's store. You need to back up away from, you know, I just let them have it. And I let them know I know you are a Trump person. I let them have it. I'm over it. Yes, he is the cause of it. Uh, what about you, Johnny? I better now. What's for you? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what do you think, Johnny? Although I don't think, I don't think that he is the cause of it, but certainly he has not okay. helped. To diminish it, uh, you know, the law enforcement has tracked mass shooting since 1949, and so it started well before Donald Trump. So he hasn't helped to ease the tension of race relations or men' defenses of race relations. But is he the cause of uh, this rhetoric as of today? No. Now, here I go. I'm a veer to the right. I think the emboldenedness of certain Caucasians really started in the President Obama era. I think sometimes his message and what was perceived to be passiveness emboldened people to think that it was okay to to to, to try to subject themselves on African Americans. So that's my conversation. Uh, Donald Trump is not the cause of, of what's going on today. Again, he hasn't helped it, but I think the emboldenment of, of, of the racist started really with President Obama. Uh, Mr. Elias, let me throw some numbers at you. 2009, 38 killed, 37 wounded. Uh, 2010, 8 killed, 2 wounded. 2011, 18 killed, 21 uh, wounded, 2013, 31 killed, 13 wounded, 14, 17, 28, uh, 15, 46 killed, 43 wounded, 2016, 71 killed, 83 wounded, 2017, uh, 112 killed, 531 wounded. Do you agree with what Johnny you just said? In some aspects of it, yes, I do agree. Uh, with some of it. What but aspects do you agree? Trump, and what aspects well, do you not I, I agree? Trump perpetuates the fact of it's okay to go out there and hurt me. I think he. I, I don't think he does anything to deter it. You know, 
I, I, and, and like I, I, I've said it, and I will keep saying it, this, this guy's a race. How many times there, there's been black churches burned and, and, and down south? Has he spoke out against any of this? Has he said anything against it? Hey, this, this, you know, this, this is not helping America to, to, to come together as, as we're supposed to. So, no, I don't, you know, there's, there's been mass shootings for the longest. That, that, that's, that's, that's just the way it is. But is he doing, I, I look at Finland. They had a mass shooting with, with one, with one AR-15. What they do, they got rid of all the AR-15s. I'm not saying get rid of AR-15s because, hey, I'm a gun advocate. I am. But there should be tighter gun laws. I, I, I'll say that to the end of the time. I can go into any, in Indiana, I can go into any gun show and purchase any gun I want to and will not have to show an ID. I can buy from a private owner and nobody cares who I am. And that's the law. It's the legal law. You can get away with that. So um, there needs to be tighter gun laws. I, 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 I'll say that at the end of the, end of time. You know, and, I, and, I, and trust me, I'm one who has guns. I'm a gun advocate, but I, I recognize when there's a problem. And there, there is a problem when we, we, don't, we don't have tighter gun laws. And what is Trump doing to perpetuate all this stuff? You know, nobody said nothing against you. You're right, Jay, when you said the bump stocks. Nobody said nothing about him taking away their bump stocks. If that had been President Obama taking away the bump stocks, people would have lost their mind. They would have, they would have, <laughs> it came off the hinges. But nobody said nothing against it. Not even the NRA said anything against it. Hmm. What does that tell you? Uh, all right. Uh, by the way, people are asking for the 2018 numbers. Uh, as of November of 2018, there had been over 307 uh, mass shootings uh, in America. All right, uh, Jerome, let me. What do you what about think, you, Jerome? I guess. Well, I mean, I, I have to get everyone's opinion before I get mine. Jerome, what, what do you, Jerome, what, oh, what's okay. your view on this one? Did we lose him again? No, no, no. I I'll, I'll, I'll defer to you, Jay, on this one. I mean, you, we, we should get your opinion on this. Go ahead. Well, look, um, I do think he plays a role in this. I do. I, I think that, you know, I was watching something just now. Uh, you know, white nationalists interrupted an author, author's book signing, with a bullhorn, and they just fill in both. They know the camera's there. They know that it's going to be on the Internet. They don't care. They don't, they don't care. And I think I'm not going to sit here and say that the shootings are on the rise because of Trump, but what I am going to say is something, a comment that if you've been listening to this show, Jackie said we've been on the air for 10 years. Good God, I can't believe it. The serious side has been around, I think, maybe eight of those 10 years. Uh, one of the things I said when President Obama was elected was either we're going to find out one of two things. Either this country's come a long way, or we're going to really and truly see the true racial, the 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 the, the, the racial uh, hatred and the underbelly of this country. We're going to really and truly see how the deep racism that exists in this country. And I said at the end of his term, I would be able to tell people or make that assessment. And I said, and if you've been listening to this show uh, ever since back in that day, I said it then. I'll say it again. You know. President Obama, 
presidency, I think it was a great thing that happened for this nation. I think he was the right guy that came at the right time for what we were going through from a financial perspective. What it also did was it awakened the races because they didn't think that a black person could become president of this country. And when they realized that a black person can become uh, you know, uh, the president of this nation, then all of a sudden you saw Donald Trump. That's what created Donald Trump. To me, in my opinion, yeah. that's what created the man, created who we have in the White House there. right now. I think yeah. that people were so besides themselves with the fact that you had an African-American president that they put this man in office. I told the story about how my girls came home from school, and they were living in an environment before President Obama came around, and they said, Dad, all of a sudden, man, you know, things are changing in our high school. You know, the kids are different now. Yeah. They weren't I, accustomed to that. Yeah. I want to say really quickly, and I can tell you about bus incidences uh, and a couple of incidents on buses with school children after Trump got elected. But you can't say that he's not a backer in them feeling pride in doing what they're doing. And something happened to me last week I forgot about until um, Vanessa was talking about what she was talking about, where some white man says something to me. Now, I'm in going into an a eating establishment, just taking takeout, and he was coming in. And I'm not going to tell you what he said, but I heard him. And I turned to him and I said, what did you say? And he was like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I tried to come over and slap me five or something. Like, like I want to touch you. And he just kind of walked away. But he was bold enough to do that, um, to act like he can say something to me. Now, there was nobody else outside. It was just me and him as he was walking me, as I was walking out. He said something that I, that I could have easily punched him in his face for. Right? But I act like I didn't hear him. I was a little bit bigger than that. But if, you know, if he would have repeated what he said, then he would have flat out challenged me and we would have had a problem. But the problem, <laughs> like like you said, is that it emboldened them, right? We know that as black people said for years and eons, white folks, racism and conservatism and white supremacy sit in some people. But just like the Whig Party, and I want to be really clear about this, when Abraham Lincoln started the Republican Party, it was a polar opposite of what the Democratic Party was doing, as racist and crazy as they were. If you look at the Republican Party right now, why are they so conservative? It's because when Abraham Lincoln was there, that's where all the cool kids were, so they went over. Like now, the Democratic Party, all the black folks are there. The Democratic Party is getting just as conservative. And you start watching people like Nancy Pelosi, no, we should just vote him out of office instead of impeaching him and all that. You start watching Blue Dog Democrats start to fight within the same party, and you're going to watch the Democratic Party become just as racist as the Republican Party, and black people are going to need another home. It happens in this country. We have historical references to this. So don't say to me, all white folks aren't this way. I am saying the potential of people culturally being this way has always sat in them. It's what colonizers do, right? They go kill all of the men and then say to the women and children, we need to work together. I know they did was wrong, but we need to move forward. We can shoot somebody who is unarmed with their hands up. And then it's like, we need to negotiate with the police department and we send them to the justice justice system and they let the police off and now we need to move forward. Like at some point, 
there has to be a breaking point on our side to say, you know what, we're not even playing with you no more. So Donald Trump stoked that because what happened is in a historical context, white folks have always gotten away with that. Then they'll come back and try to be your friend. I had a tiki torch, but I was there because of the statue. And so they started to parse their racism once they know that it's not cool to be out in the open no more. They just go back in the woodwork. And then when it's cool, when Donald Trump blows that whistle, they come back out. And then we act surprised. We should not be surprised. So we need to deal with this, too, in that respect. No, I I agree with you, Jerome. I I just think it's really a sad state of affairs uh, where we are in this country. Well, it's always been sad. When you think of well, it is. It, it's, it's always been sad, but but the fact that I mean, you know, it's becoming blatant with what's going on with white supremacists. You know, and the bottom line is that they, you know, you know, there are people who actually their 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 only job is to you know follow what they call the dark net. You know, the 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 the, the black undercurrent of the internet. And try to really find out what people are talking about. And these people are actually thanking him, Mr. Elias, thanking him for, you know, keeping our way of life alive, thanking him for, you know, <laughs> saying the things that he says. He retweets uh, nonsense uh, from uh, from some of this you know, propaganda from some of these groups. It's just a sad day in America that this man is still in the White House and that people still follow him. It's unbelievable to me. No, it's not. Because the, the underbelly of America has always been racist, Jay. That is the underbelly of America. They might have voted a black man in, but, but that does not mean clean. that. Yep. Thank you. The underbelly of America is racist. I'm telling you. I watch it on a daily basis. They're like, they just enough it. of us to get a taste of a good life, and then they said, nope, too many of y'all did it, you can't have it. And they'll take it, they'll snatch it by any means necessary. That's what they do. Bottom line. I've watched it happen time and time again. Let me me give everyone an opportunity to close this set out. Let me start with you first. Give me your final word on this set. Uh, It's always been a racist world. But I believe that the president we have in office now may not have caused it, but he Caused it to be shown more. I'm not going to say he's the person who caused it, but he's he's the reason why it is shown more. Why people are more comfortable with saying and doing what they do. I have never seen more shootings, more things along that nature in my entire life. So I I pray for the country. I pray that people open their eyes to what is going on in the world. And I hope that people make an educated decision to start paying attention to the parties. The parties, the morals, not I'm a Republican, I'm a state Republican, I'm a Democrat, I'm a state Democrat. Pay attention to what's going on in the world. That's all I got to say. But it was a great show, guys, and I always appreciate being with y'all. All right, right, Vanessa, you know how we feel about you. Love you. All right, uh, let me get... uh, Jack, let me give you a final word. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention to the board. Let me give you a final word uh, on this topic. Give me a final comments on this. Well, I'm definitely in agreement to what people have said that, you know, um, because of the, the environment that the president has created, 
it makes people feel emboldened and think that they can treat us any kind of way. Trust me, please let me make it clear. I do not want Trump in the White House. I do not like Trump in the White House. And that's why I was putting it out there to we really need to make sure we have a good candidate to really get go up against them so he don't end up back in there in 2020. Because he's, I mean, everything that he spews, I mean, everything that comes out of his mouth is so unpresidential, it ain't funny. I mean, it shocks me to see, I mean, it seems like it was a straight 360-degree turn from having President Obama in there to this guy. But not that nothing was never there to begin with. It was just like in the cauldron until, you know, President Trump got in and now certain people feel emboldened to act a certain way. Trust me. I don't want that to continue. But all I'm trying to say is you better have a decent candidate to go up against him. That's all. Or he's going to end up back in there. Uh, That's all I have to say. Turn that way as well, Jackie. Thank you so much. Johnny, make him your final thoughts on this topic. Jay, I I will uh, reserve comment. I think everybody is on on the same page. And uh, like you say, just good dialogue. And now it it really is about us moving forward, trying to change those racial relationships within our community, within our state. And, and hopefully on, on, on a more broader scale. But, uh, you know, talking is over with. The garment has been lifted, and now we understand what the problem is, so now it's about addressing it. Okay, Pre- appreciate that. All right, what about you, uh, Jerome? Give me your final thoughts on this topic, sir. Well, I, I just want to say it, it is just not our issue, right? We, we have to see the world for what it is and then adjust because – as they keep masking that going above ground and underground and above ground and underground, it's making us all schizophrenic. Like, you know, I remember having co- topics on the show during the Obama administration talking about, is this post-racial? Like, we were going through silly conversations like that because we were having, they were having it on TV, right, where we knew that anybody who spoke against that didn't want it to work. Like, we felt like that. But the, trip, the truth is, is that we need to see it for what it is. Because we did a whole show without talking about that Mueller report, which is amazing at the new stuff that's coming out, even finding out that Rosenthal uh, um, yep. went and told Trump that oh, yeah. he wanted to land the plane. Mm. Like, those guys are conspiring. They're yep. all Republicans, right? Mueller, yep. Ro- with all of them. And we sit there and watch people mm-hmm. break laws, do all this other stuff. Yep. So claims of white supremacy, and we're like having reasonable dialogue about it, which is maddening yep. and crazy. No, you're right about that. You're right about that. Absolutely appreciate it, Jerome. Mr. Elias, man, last word. Well, that, that, you know, something, man, I, I yielded to Jerome, man. The bottom line is, we, um, when when we're, we're in times that we have never seen before, and Man, it's going to be a wild ride, man, because they are doing nothing to 
to get this guy out of office, man. Like I said, if this was Barack Obama and he had did the same thing, man, the Republicans would have moved forward with impeachment. Wouldn't even thought twice about it. Would have been like, oh, get rid of him. No, uh, 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 nope. But the Democrats are so weak, man. They are weak. They got, you know, nope. Robert Mueller laid out breadcrumbs, but he he should have he should have moved forward and 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 said, this is what I think. You should impeach the president. He should have he should have laid out. It's just he's such a great patriot. He should have laid it out and said, this is what I think. This is how I feel. But you know, it's what they're it is, part man. of the same machine. They're part of the yep. same process. Yep. Problem. He should have laid it out and said, yeah, look, this is my thought process. I think we should get rid of this guy. Didn't do it. Yeah, you're right about but he laid that. Out I don't know why. Times. I guess, it, anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have that. All right, listen, we got to step out. Coming up next, Chatterbox, and only need to know basis. First, an NPR News update. You listen to this serious side. This message comes from NPR sponsor, H-E-B. When life gets crazy, there's Meal Simple. Hundreds of chef-inspired meals like the chili lime shrimp protein bowl, ready in minutes. When life gets crazy, keep it simple. H-E-B Meal Simple. Investigators in Seattle are examining the scene of a deadly crane collapse there yesterday. A construction crane fell from a building on Google's new campus, landing on cars on one of Seattle's busiest streets. Four people were killed. Two of the dead had been working inside the crane at the time of the collapse. Two others were killed inside cars crushed by the crane. Rain and winds had kicked up around the time of the event. A ceremony is being held today to mark the 75th anniversary of the deaths of nearly 750 American servicemen who died at sea during a rehearsal for the World War II D-Day landings. During Exercise Tiger, two U.S. vessels were sunk by German torpedoes off the south coast of England. But survivors were forbidden from discussing the disaster. Artist Martin Barreau told the BBC what inspired him to create a set of boot prints on a beach in Devon to represent each man who died. I was inspired by the pictures of the men running down the amphibious craft into the open ocean, into the unknown. And I wanted to create something that was there but not there. We didn't, the people, you can see the footprints. I want people to think about that and I want to inspire them by appealing to their senses, to look at the feet, to look at the ocean, deep and cold, and to listen to the waves, and through that, get the feeling for the poor, poor individual. The artist is known for his work to mark the centenary of the end of World War I last year, which placed silhouettes of troops across the UK. I'm Luis Chivoni, NPR News, Washington. Welcome back in. It's time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the world-famous chat room and from social media. Boy, I have a lot to read. Mr. Elias, man, what do you have? Well, you know, the only person in there is Joe Bright, of course, and he said, I am all down uh, uh, for work ethic mindset and all forms of welfare. That means corporate welfare, too, because none of the corporations will get any tax breaks or anything. So, and then he says, no man should receive a single dollar unless that dollar was fairly earned. That means that Trump would be a broke-ass person because he ripped off so many people in San Real. Okay. All right. Now, usually I read uh, the pastor's comments first, but, you know, it's all about, you know, blood sticking in the water, Pastor. I'm sorry. Momo B. checked in. I got to read what she says first. I love you, Pastor, but I love Momo B. even more. She says, we should have more men like the principal from New Jersey. He is an honorable man. Yeah. 
there may be millions like him, but they are not spoken about. I'm glad that the TJRS network is acknowledging this man instead of giving Trump all the airtime kudos. Of course, Trump plays a big role in this racism stuff. He's supposed to be the president, even the even though he is a racist, and he sometimes hides. He's supposed to hide that from the public. <laughs> now everybody and their white grandmama wants to say crazy stuff to your face. He gave them the right because of the things he says on TV. Races are no longer hiding because of him. Good point, Momo B. All right, Pastor. Like they say, great minds think alike. Jay, kudos for focusing on Jerome's 99% comment. I think you should. I think you should present a weekly on a weekly basis. A great American who's doing wonderful things for their community and country. Can listeners participate as well? Absolutely, Pastor. You send them in. We'll try to focus on it. Mariana, wonderful story about the high school principal. The story saved Johnny D from our wrath on his comments about selecting a woman as a running mate. Ooh, say those comments. I want to hear what you have to say. Pamela from Flint, Michigan. Love the show. Still dealing with water. Still dealing with the waters here. Please don't forget about us here. Okay, not a problem. We'll definitely focus on that next week. Richard H., Trump is the reason for the season. He's a bigot, a racist, a cheat. This man is a disgrace to his race, this nation, and this is coming from a Republican. All right, Richard, power to you. Margaret, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, as a Republican. I'm all in favor for impeaching this president. Yes, I'm a Republican, but an American first. I do agree with some of his policies. That being said, my conscience will not allow me to continue to support this despicable man. I'm voting, uh, I will be voting Democratic in 2012 like I did in 2018. Pete, Florida, from Florida State University, the Florida State University. Thank you. Wanted to hear. Thank you. Wanted to hear y'all's comments on the new findings of the Mueller report. Can y'all please discuss next week? Okay, B. A group of us here listen every Sunday over chicken and waffles, and that sounds good. I want some of those, Miss Elias. Chicken really and waffles. That's right. Oh my God. Uh, Where are they? I mean, at? Hey, hey I want. I want some chicken and waffles. All right. All right. <laughs> Long enough. Got to give Jerome. Jerome has about a. Good 15, uh, good 10 minutes. It's got to get them on board. You know what time it is, folks. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. All right, folks, it is time for a, man, a revised edition. God dang it, I got to do better to get, get, get this spot on. But it's time for Only Need to Know Basis with Mr. Jerome, Mr. Man, Jerome, man, what do you have, brother? Hey, you know, before I get started, I want to say to your um, last person who wrote in, we do need to talk about the Mueller report. There's a lot of new stuff coming out. I will put some bullet points down yes. to make sure that you have some talking points when you have your conversations throughout the week, but I'll make sure I'm, I have those on deck next time. Um, and if I don't put them on the show, if Jay doesn't have a segment, I will definitely put them in this segment because I think it's Hell important. We're finding, out, okay. we're finding out new stuff every day. No, we will. We will. We will. People now, are asking for that. We will. We'll definitely talk about that next week. Absolutely. Right. Now, over four, 141 million Americans live, Americans live in counties with dangerous air pollution, according to a new report from the American Lung Association, they said that it increased, the highly polluted air has increased by 7 million between 2016 and 2017. Okay, so wow. uh, along with global warming, we're polluting like nobody's business because, you know, the EPA, Trump, 
those guys reduced um, admission. I mean, not admissions, but they reduced the regulations on dumping and all this other stuff. And we are getting hurt in this country from those guys being incompetent and crazy. I know right. I live in one of those areas, Jerome. I yep. know that for a fact. I know it. Uh, the U.S. Navy has revealed new guidelines for making it easy for sailors to report UFO sightings in a bid to um, take unexplained encounters more seriously. Now, this comes in a response of um, a series of unexplained sightings of unrecognized and highly advanced aircraft encroaching on naval facilities and striking force formations. They're actually getting more unexplained aircraft approaching us. And that's because we got a crazy president. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> we start, if somebody is actually monitoring us, if you believe in that kind of stuff, you have to say that the aliens are going, they're crazier than I thought. <laughs> we need to get them up out of here. So, you know, I, I can understand that. Now, wow. there's, a, there, there's a rise in pregnant women drinking alcohol. They said one in nine occasionally, occasionally drink and 4% Binge drinking is what the CDC is reporting. They said one in nine pregnant women drink and 4% binge drink. Ugh. They said it's a slight increase from 2013 where it was one in 10 um, women drinking while pregnant and only 3% admitting to binge drinking. They're admitting to binge drinking while pregnant. That number wow. Yeah, well, guess what? Guess who's president? Yeah. <laughs> he got something to drink too. about. <laughs> wow. Yep. Now, Amazon, the Amazon team is charged with, um, that, that's charged with auditing Alexa users. They, um, they can put in commands to see the user's latitude and longitude um, co- coordination, um, coordinates. So that means that not only can they hear their, your conversation, they can pinpoint where you live. Remember they were saying, wow. oh, this is random and we can't find the users? Your Alexa has um, latitude and longitude coordinates programmed into it, so they can tell oh. you live. This is getting hilarious. Oh, Turn off the Alexa. I wanted to tell you that. I don't have one. I was thinking about buying one, but I don't think I will. Three, two. Are you really? Hey, I was going to say, you can buy one. You can buy one, only turn it on. Only turn it on when you want to know something. But because if you keep it running, they gonna know something. <laughs> like you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't want them to have that. Now, um, you know, Amazon and Google finally ended their um, feud for years, as um, they'll now have YouTube will be available on the Fire Stick, and um, they're gonna allow people to use Google's Chromecast on Fire Stick as well. So you'll be able to get apps. Cool. From Google and Amazon on the fire set. They came to some agreement and they finally, you know, let it go. Wow. All right. Now, there was um, two U.S. senators demanded answers from the airlines over why cameras are embedded into those, you know, the back of the seat headrests where you have the televisions. They have cameras mm-hmm. in them now. So a Whoa. Democrat and a Republican. Uh, and, um, really? Have, Yes, they have signed a letter to eight U.S. carriers asking if those candidates, if those cameras are being used to monitor passengers. Well, why would you? But well, we know it ain't Southwest because we don't have TV. 
<laughs> yes, I'm flying southwest. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. As long as you have wheels and an engine, you can get me there back and forth. I don't need to have no cameras on me. While Not I'm, at all. Right, wow. while I'm trying to sleep. Just leave me alone. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, a white Louisiana man, and we talked about this a little bit in the show, with a disdain for a mixed-race relationship, has been arrested for running down an interracial couple in his suburban um, truck, is what police say. Now, James Descant, who's 50, was arrested on April, 4th, April 17th on charges including hate crimes and aggravated assault. Now, witness told deputies that he used a racial slur to describe the relationship and threatened to kill them before he jumped in his car and then tried to run them over. Damn. Yeah. He was he was in his truck around 9 p.m. on April 16th when he saw a black man, 32, and a white woman who was 31 standing outside of a gas station, and then he accelerated towards them. Now, he hit the woman, um, injuring her wrist, hip, and her foot, and the guy jumped out of the way. But anyway, I won't say anything about that, but the trick is is that he blatantly went at them. Hmm. Wow. What happened to him? No, Did they catch him? Well, yes. Yeah, they yes. called him. They called him. brother's going to get out of the way. Good. Yeah. Like, oh, look <laughs> yeah, I was going to do that. Did, uh, did they His beat the hell out of him? All the way. What'd you say? Did they beat the hell out of him when they, you know? No. No, of course not. Did they beat the hell out of him? Oh, wow. Of course not, man. No, of course not. Burger King afterwards. Hell. Yeah, well, you know how they do it. Exactly. Now, the cops, um, no, by no. the way, released body footage, um, cam- body cam footage of the officers who shot the unarmed black couple while they were singing love songs to each other in a car near the Yale campus. Now, the body cam video, which was released by authorities, showed officers fly- um, firing at wow. a man coming out of his car with his hands up. So, despite officers um, mm. Devin Eaton and Terrence Pollock, failing to turn on the camera cameras, the footage was still recorded because the cameras have a feature that recalls images from the moments before you turn it on. So what happens is that even if you turn your camera off, it's still recording and you can set it to say, when I turn my camera on, go back five minutes. And that's what it did. And it found wow. that they actually shot them while walking up to the car. When they said Damn. they made a gesture towards them is what their report said. So not only should they get fired, they should be brought up on charges. Yes, they should. But a state official said Tuesday that one of the officers from Hamden, Connecticut, did eventually turn his camera on, but only after the shooting. So the camera went backwards. After they shot at him, they turned their cameras on. And both were unarmed. So the guy didn't get shot, and his girlfriend... um, I think she was grazed by a bullet. She got hit. She's 21. She got hit, but she didn't. Um, um, it wasn't fatal. They were they were fine. And they shot a lot into that car. They said they thought you. We thought you was somebody else. Now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And now in another story, at least 85,000 police officers have been investigated for misconduct across the country. Um. Over the last 10 years, but only 30,000 has been decertified or pretty much fired, according to these new reports. Now, the, according to the data filed by USA Today, there's been more than 200,000 separate misconduct investigations lost into law enforcement officials since 2009. 
The most common offense was excessive force, which blamed for 22,924 of the probes. And the other uh, crimes were prevailed, that were prevalent were um, cases of a rape from officers. Um, that's 3,145. Child what? molestation and other sexual crimes. Wow. And, yeah. And tw- 2,300 cases of domestic abuse. But less than 10% wow. get arrested or lose their job. Now, get this. Mm, mm, mm. Even though they did this report, the records for many agencies, including the New York Police Department, NYPD, agencies in California, Ohio, I'm sorry, Iowa, um, Hawaii, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and Rhode, Rhode Island, they weren't even included in this research. <laughs> and that's Damn. how high the numbers were. Wow. wow. Isn't that sad? Whoa. Damn. Ouch. Yeah. So, you know. Um, we have time for two more, man. Two quick ones. We have time oh, man. For two I was going to do a Herman Cain story, but um, I don't even oh, know if I want to. That's fine. Oh, God, really? No, no, no. I have more. I was, was going to squeeze him in there. But, you know, he, um, he said yeah. that he withdrew his name from the um, as consideration for the job for the Federal Reserve because he said the job would be a pay cut. Herman Cain didn't want to get his butt roasted on TV no more. Really? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. He's yeah, he's... That. Wow. <laughs> now, as much stealing as they do, there ain't going to be no pay cut there. Hell, that'd be an increase. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> That's 999 for the y'all who don't know. Now, Cain's uh, going to make me do <laughs> another... Um, Another story after this because I'm going to do this stuff. because I we we sometimes don't do these stories. Three men were jailed for 20 and 41 years for having sex with nine horses, goats, cows, dogs over a five-year period. I stopped doing those stories for a while, but they're still being. Wow! And this happened in Pennsylvania. I keep thinking that these. Wow! Are <laughs> they're getting oh my God. 20 to 41 um, years. I know you're going to make me do another story, so I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, <laughs> um, wow. We can end on I that. I think we can probably uh, give us one more drum. I don't think we should end on that. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, <laughs> oh, man. All right. Jeez. So, um, there's, um, <laughs> I don't even know where to go. Okay. After several weeks of deliberation, a trio of federal judges ruled that, um, Thursday that Michigan Republicans illegally redrew um, election the election map, so they're ordered to redraw lines by the 2020 Mm -hmm. election. They were illegal too. That's a good one to end on right there. Yes, sir. That's a good one to end on right there, buddy. And that's what I'm talking about. Positive feelings towards 2020. Thank you, Mr. Spree, for that one. Hey, more story out of the Not that one. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, Vanessa, it's time for our final thoughts. Vanessa, your first final thoughts. Wow. I'm still thinking about what Jerome said about the horses, the pigs, and the goats. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Thanks, thanks, Vanessa. We end on another one. Apparently, that ended too. Jesus. Okay. So, all oh, I got to say is yes, uh, Hopefully uh, next Sunday is the first Sunday, but hopefully next Sunday we can start out talking about 
Mueller and that report. And Jerome, shout out to you because you are dropping them on Facebook, and I am reading them, and I do love it. Um, yes. So I'm paying attention to yes. you. I just want you to know you're dropping them. Um, and this is this is just a show, guys, to let everybody enlighten everybody on what we see is going on in our mind and our hearts and what people are saying to us on the outside. So I appreciate listening to everybody's view on everything. Glad to be in the house. Pray for this country. And remember to pay attention to who's running so you can make a very wise decision and vote in 2020. Thank you. God bless you, sweetie. All right, the educator rapper himself, Johnny D. Man, final thoughts. Once again, I just want to uh, send out a, 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 a huge thank you to all of the, the listeners who allow the broadcast uh, each week to come into their homes. Uh, Jay, I, I particularly thank you and uh, big kudos to, to 10 years. Uh, I, I remember from 30 years ago when uh, we, we, we were doing our thing and I never doubted that you would get to this point right here. So to know that, that you've had a show on for 10 years is big time. And sometime uh, next week, I, I do uh, want to address Miss Music's um, comment. Uh, like I say, I, I, I do take that uh, serious in regards to, you know, what people think and, and what their values are. And I just want to clarify that the comment, uh, not necessarily about female candidates, but a condition of. Uh, and, and I'll explain right. that more along with uh, be prepared for the Mueller report on next week. So, again, thank you for this opportunity. Hey, man, appreciate you. Smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Freeman, final thoughts. Yeah, you know, I, I – um. As I did the police stories, I just want to do one more really quickly to say a former police officer, a Florida officer, was ordered Thursday to spend 25 years in prison for um, fatally a fatal on-duty shooting of a black musician whose SUV broke down after a late-night concert. Now, the 41-year-old um, former Palm Beach Gardens officer, Norman um, Raja, is the first officer first Florida officer to be convicted in 30 years for killing somebody on duty and one of very few nationwide to ever be convicted of killing somebody while they were on duty. He's the first one in 30 wow. years. In Isn't that something? Wow. Yes. Wow. Thank you for bringing that story to our attention, Jerome. I mean, it's the first and last word around here to one and only Mr. L.E.S. Final thoughts. Simple, folks. Just get out and vote. That's all I got to say. If you don't vote, you don't have a voice. My well, final thoughts are for all the parents of these great people that are part of the show. It's a testament to you all how your your offspring has grown up. We have some smart folks here on this show. We have people who have their own little space, do their own little thing, bring their own little bit of um to the show. So I want to say thank you to all the parents of the folks of the serious side because without y'all, for real, for real, there would definitely be no us. And on that note, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow. Joe. <laughs> folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you as always, folks. So for my good friend and my sister, Vanessa Mae Bell, for my little brother, 
Johnny D for the brother who keeps me straight every Sunday. Mr. Jerome is praying for my brother from another mother, Mr. Elias. I'm Jay Riles saying have a great one week. And remember, if it's Sunday, and if we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. God bless. We'll see you next Sunday, folks, right here. Ten years of excellence. Thank you so much. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.